Please be advised, the Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, this is Treasy. It's Martin the Mailman. And I'm Young Leezy. And we're the Kind of Movie Critics, the Black Three. Back at act, it. Yeah. Oh, not on Act not, Three. Not on the Act Three. Shout out to the Act Three podcast. We um, gotta just say Black Three on the KMC. We gotta stop giving them free publicity when Chandler's not here. Yeah. <laughs> they deserve it. Yeah, the, the they Black do. Three on KMC. You know, you know how we get down. We we bring the we bring the heavies when, when we pull up. Oh, <laughs> we do. It's like oh shit. Like you, you tune into an episode of the show, and it's just the three of you. Be like, oh my god, this is about to be depressing. Like, like, man, <laughs> like but it's cool though, because y'all gonna y'all gonna rock with it, because y'all seen Candyman, and Candyman was a very entertaining film in my in my opinion. So hopefully we'll shed some light uh, on some good conversations in reference to this joint. But before we get into that, I think uh, we I think we have to acknowledge the passing of Michael K. Williams. Um, which uh, happened, I guess, we're recording on Wednesday. So this, I think it happened Monday, which was the 4th. That was sounds it September, right. September 4th, Monday. Um, and, you know, uh, just out of out of the blue, it seemed like Michael K. Williams passed, man. And, you know, obviously he's, you know, he was probably my favorite character in my favorite show of all time, The Wire, that I constantly talk about. So, um, and you know, in addition to playing so many other groundbreaking roles you know the 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 latest of which was um uh lovecraft country he played montrose on lovecraft country man that was an amazing role so um is there anything you guys want to kind of throw in throw in on top of that before we give him his his moment of silence i just Ah. we're we're losing like a lot of like a lot of our actors that are that we kind of see their trajectory and it's like we know they they were gonna be some like they were already great. Chadwick Boseman, right. Michael K. Williams, these guys are already great in in the short amount of time that they had. But we always saw their trajectory as like being like our next great like Denzels or um, Forrest Whitaker's like the people that are like a institution in black theater and black television and film. And it, it sucks that we kind of are losing these people. Yeah. Good point. I think it's. I think we'd be remiss to not just say that Michael K. Williams was beloved, um, and yeah, and and in, and in ways that like he shouldn't have been, right? Because mm-hmm. everything that he was fearless about portraying, most black people are against, and we mm-hmm. loved him anyway. So it's just it that one just hurt. Like you mm-hmm. feel like even though you don't know these people, you feel like you get to know them over time, and you come to love them. That's what social media does for us. It kind of gives us insight into people that, you know, when we were children, we definitely didn't have, um, stars were so less accessible, so much less accessible than they are now. So it just, it just made me sad. Um, that was one of those that I saw that and I was like, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it blew me away. Yeah. No, he, he, he bought, you used the word fearlessness, man. Yeah. He, he just bought like, Ah, just so much fearlessness to the screen, man. And yeah, that, that that's gonna that's gonna be a hard one. But I'm glad that he left the body of work, you know, just like Chadwick. Cause it's you know, I'm grateful that they leave they leave it all on the screen for us, um, to sort of go back and just and just really connect with that. And and it almost seems like that that's that's parallel, you know, like mm. uh, you know, the 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 more that the the more that they leave it out there on the court, on the on the you know on wax on 
you know, on film, it just seems like that's that's sort of a, a qualifier, you know, for maybe an early demise, man. So uh, big love to Michael K. Williams. Let's give him the infamous a little bit five seconds, only because it's a podcast. That's five seconds. We're not trying to be disrespectful, but we don't want to be too silent for too long because it's a podcast. So starting now. I think that covers it. And um, yeah, man, on to this candy man. Candy man, candy man. Yeah, don't, candy don't man. Say it, don't say <laughs> candy it one man. More time. Oh, don't, don't say it one more time. Oh, okay, time. my yeah. bad. Well, there's Just no music. You said it five times now. Oh damn! Well, oh, well, that's gonna be. I mean, that's gonna be tough to not say Andy. Andy. Andy have have Andy either of y'all said it? Have either of y'all said it five times in the mirror before? No, I don't play that. For no, what? I never did it? Yeah, it's black people we don't do that. I don't play that. Yeah. What, what was the one when we were growing up? Was it uh, Bloody Mary? Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. I don't play that. Yeah, I don't do it. Yeah, I never yeah. did it. Y'all can do whatever yeah. you want to. White people love testing shit. Like I will be safe <laughs> over here. I know it's not real, but like, why test it? Well, yeah. But you know what? I'm you know what's funny is I'm glad that they kind of addressed that in the movie because it seemed like the white people was always the ones testing it in the damn movie. Okay. Or white people or people not from the hood was testing it. Was testing it, right, right. Yeah. So obviously that was that was intentional, right? That was completely yeah. intentional. Okay. I've been seeing the memes go around and like, yo, Candyman, like, excuse me, Andyman. We're going to say Candyman. You're not looking in the mirror. It's fine. Yeah. Andyman. Oh, Andyman. Oh, shout out, to, shout out to Skeeter G. Did you see what he posted? He was like, some of y'all bathrooms so dirty. Candyman ain't coming in that bitch. You better say Mr. Clean five times. <laughs> oh, did, did you see, Um, I don't know if I put it in the group chat. There's this uh, Instagram comedian and he... uh. <laughs> He uh he was doing like Terrence Howard trying to yes, say candy that's why, man. Yeah, that's why that's why we were at the beginning talking about some candy man, candy man, candy man, candy man. Oh yeah, man. Uh, th- th- that was uh, yeah that that was int- I mean that was the first thing that I noticed off the rip. Oh oh, but just uh, uh the meme post that I was seeing it, it said something like uh the only thing. Basically, just keep Candyman name out your mouth and he'll leave you alone type shit. <laughs> right. He just I, like every other black person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that that was pretty hilarious, man. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, so I haven't seen anything else that Nia DaCosta has done. Have Have you guys? Are you guys up on Nia DaCosta? Um, no. when I saw that she was directing this, I mm-hmm. tried to watch things of hers that were available on streaming. The only thing that I could find was Little Woods. That's the movie with Tessa Thompson. Mm-hmm. I cannot get past the first 20 minutes of it. It was very okay. slow. And, you know, me and how I like to fall asleep. Right, right, and right. And so it do- it didn't do anything to hold my attention. So I don't think it's fair to say, like, whether it's good or bad, but it was slow. It was slow. Got it. I so, mean, this movie was slow, too. So It was. It was. But it, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Those That's kind of like my pace, though. I, I like I like kind of the slow build up character development, you know, world development. I like that sort of stuff. And then when the climax hit, it kind of all comes at the same time. And, you know, that, that's kind of my speed. You know, I'm a Godfather kind of guy, man. And that's the whole, you know, that's the whole arc of the Godfather. So that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. Did that bother you about it, Martin, that it was slow? Um, It bothered me that it didn't really feel like a horror movie to me. Uh, it just didn't We talk about pacing, tension. Martin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, tension is part of it. Like, the way yeah. you build tension like between characters, between your antagonists, that that's definitely comes into like the pacing of the movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like this didn't really have that. Yeah. It, um, it's interesting that the movie felt slow, but it was a tight 90. 
Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, I definitely put that in good pace and if that's the case. Well, what did it feel so if it didn't feel like a horror movie, what did it feel like to you, Mark? Um, it just felt like a black thriller, I guess. Black thriller? I, I mean, it, it didn't even feel like that. It felt more way more like an art house movie to me. Yeah. Cuz uh, I mean, it, it is set in art house in certain pl- certain scenes, but and there are like a lot of conversations about um gentrification and the artist's responsibility and stuff like that. And so it's way less to me about um, this slasher killer that's like stalking people than it is about these other themes that she wants to talk about. Right. Well, but that that's kind of that was kind of how the first one was anchored too, right? It's not. It wasn't so much a slasher. Right? Uh. So I would say or the original, the, not first one. I should say the original. I mean, that is the first one. This is a continuation of the same universe. Yeah, Technically, this point. is like what the fifth movie. Right. It's the fourth or the fifth movie. But um I would say like yes, that mm-hmm. it was it was anchored in all of this deep I wouldn't want to say deep messaging, but like uh I'ma say something five times that Corey's gonna hate allegory, 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 <laughs> allegory, allegory. So <laughs> um, it there was there was um so much uh subtext there, mm-hmm. but we were children. So we right. weren't looking for it. I think even a lot of adults who, you know, as we said, like don't watch movies through the lens of seeking deeper messaging than like what's presented in front of them probably miss that too, that the original Candyman is really about cultural appropriation, mm-hmm. the misappropriation of black folklore. It's about gentrification. It's about the disenfranchisement of black people and redlining, like all of that shit is there. They're just mm. not beating you over the head with it. Mm. Um, and I'd say, like, if you go back and watch the movie through that lens, it it takes on a different um, feeling for you. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that has always bothered me about the original is that there's no reason that Daniel Robitaille should be a villain. Mm. He was lynched. Why are we making a black man who was lynched into a monster? But if you think about that through the lens of police brutality, right? And I'm mm. thinking this is what's happening in Jordan Peele's mind as he's watching it. Of course. That happens in real life. That is art imitating life. You think right. about like a Mike Brown or a Trayvon, like, when they are murdered, and I mean, they're executed, right? But they right. can stand trial. That's what a lynching is. They become the monster in the story, Villainized. even though they're actually the victim. Right. Um, and so the original Candyman, if you look at it back through that lens of like, I'm going to steal your folklore. And he's like, you want to be so much a part of my story, then... Come on, bitch. You can be me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you want to be me so bad? Yeah, <laughs> you want to culturally it. appropriate and steal black people's stories? Right. <laughs> then come on. Then you come you can on. be part of the story. Like, choose your right. adventure, bitch. So- <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Okay. So 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 you would you would label the original as socially conscious? I would say there's social commentary there. I would say the original, like Candyman proper. Right. Uh uh. Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd, Cassie right. Lemons, Vanessa Williams, that Candyman is social commentary. 
Right. All of the sequels are just racist as fuck. Okay. They're racist as shit. And Tony Todd needed a check. And I ain't mad at his ass. But they right. need their ass beat for that. Like, they were trying to cash in on the success of the first one. And I get that. But I don't think they gave very much thought to, like, this black man is just running around chasing big-breasted blonde women. Hey. And the second, the second one is especially offensive. Because why is he trying to kill his great-granddaughter? Like, that don't make no fucking sense. Uh see yeah you you speaking you speaking a whole nother language because i definitely have not even seen like a preview for the second one so yeah, i, I want to say she i want to say the second one is set in new orleans it's not set in chicago and okay. then like there's one that's like day of the dead like why are we crossing fucking mexican folklore with candy it was just it was just racist as fuck like you just yeah. got all these big-breasted blonde women like running from a black man who's trying to kill them and i was like oh wow this feels a lot like birth of a nation bitch like right. <laughs> why are we it did it did it it just was it's just bad it was just a bad idea all around and again like those are the types of things that you don't think about when you're 12 it's just like oh they yeah. made another candy man but like watching Candyman sequels in like a year ago when I'm hearing that this is going to come out and being excited about it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably longer than that, like 18 months now because it got pushed back. And, you know, shortly right. after that, those movies becoming available on Netflix. I'm like, yeah, let's let's go back and watch this as an adult and see how it makes us feel. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel all kinds of fucking icky. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely need to go back and watch the original and then throw in the other two, three and four just for <laughs> just for uh you know comedic commentary the, um, i mean like i said the second one is especially fucking yeah. aff- and her mom's Offensive. like we're passing for white and i'm like bitch <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and tony todd's the only reoccurring character right re- well in the second one the guy that's like at dinner with them that tells them the original story of Candyman, like he's at the beginning of it but like that's the only person other than tony todd that carries over into the second one Got it. After Got that, it. like I don't fucking remember. I just was mad, right. as I want to be when things are culturally insensitive and racist. Uh, so I mean, not to go on too much of a tangent, but like rewatching Skeleton Key, which is one of my favorite, um, which is one of my favorite horror. Like, well, I don't want to say horror, but like suspense thrillers. Like, mm. the movie's racist as shit, <laughs> but I like Never it. Seen it. Yeah. Oh, that one's good. You should yeah. watch it. Okay. Well, if it's racist as shit, I don't know. No, you should watch it. And and that movie that just came out with Loretta Devine and Omari Hardwick's spell, I was like, I've, y'all probably saw my post that I was like hoping they were going to like turn it on his head and then not be racist garbage, even though there's no white people in it to make it racist. It's just perpetuating mm-hmm. racist stereotypes about, you know, um, about African re- religious belief systems, our ancestral belief systems, the ones that we had before we came over here and became Christians. I don't have a problem with black people being Christians. I'm not one of those. Don't at me. But like, mm-hmm. I do have a problem with our ancestral belief systems being demonized, and like to see black people continue mm-hmm. to perpetuate that is a problem for me. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't like when shit is racist, and I right. didn't notice when I was young, and now I do, and fucks up a lot of shit for me. Yeah, now you can't turn it off. No, what, I can't. Um, is is Jordan Peele the official gatekeeper for black horror now? Like, if if it does, is he like the does is he the commissioner when it comes to black horror stories? Like, do we want to see him attached to all of them from here on in? Is there like any competition for him? Like, I don't know another black horror like director. If we're being honest, what horror directors are fucking with him right now? Period. Like, we don't even got to put him in the category. Well, Ari of black. Aster. I like Ari Aster. Yes. Yeah. 
But I think what Ari Aster does is completely different. Well, yeah. I mean, we just said he just scares the shit horror. out of you. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and then and then uh, who's the guy that did the lighthouse? Robert uh, uh, Rob Engelman. So what else he did, he made? He did the witch. Robert, yeah. Oh, okay. The witch. I'll give you. Yeah. I like. I like uh, the witch. Or Robert Eggleston. It's Robert Edgar, something. something like Edgerton. Yeah, something. No, is not it? Edgerton. Oh. Dang, I can't remember his name. You but, know what? Um, this is why did, we have Google. He did. Yeah, he did the witch. He did um, lighthouse, and he did another one in between there, I believe, and I can't remember the name of it. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I, I his like. Name is... I like him as well. His name yeah, is I, Robert Eggers. Eggers, there you go. I really yeah. like Lighthouse. I didn't yeah. watch Lighthouse, but I really like The Witch. Yeah. Um, so, the Vavitch. Um, so. Vavitch, right? So, so I mean, to and and I mean, I think that there, I think that there are parables within their content as well. It's just it's it's from a different vantage point than than um, than uh, uh, than Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. I I I definitely agree. I don't necessarily want to make him like this niche black thing. I think the stories that he's telling are universal. I think he makes the stories to appeal more uh, broadly to black people um, because he's featuring black people in the stories that he's telling. Right. But I don't know that. I mean, by it's black storytelling by, by like, virtue of him being black and the and the characters being black, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't do that to white people. We don't say that like Robert Eggers and Ari Aster are making like white horror movies, right? I think it's okay to say someone's making black horror movies, but I think when he's producing at this level, like it's not like he's making fucking tales from the hood. Like you understand yeah. what I'm saying? I, I, <laughs> so, get, I get what you're saying. He's yeah, not I'm, making like bone. Like it's so, not like Snoop Dogg. Like I'm, you know what I mean? Right. And I'm not so that this is and this is good because I'm not trying to reduce him to a to a. I don't think it's a reduction. Horror. Just so we're clear, I think right. celebrating your blackness is great. Yeah, but I'm not. But when I say reduce, I mean putting it in a specific specific like box. Lane? Like okay. yeah, that's what I mean by that. Like narrowing it. I just um, want to say a Midsommar is a pretty white horror movie. <laughs> you know, Midsommar is, white. Yeah. Mi- never Midsommar, Midsommar might oh, be Midsommar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's a That that's might be like the, the most whitest Nordic. shit. Yeah. That but might even, be even Lighthouse too. Lighthouse as well. And I think which they're they're all like New England. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the situation in New England, like with the witch, like I could totally see black people being like, "This bitch fucking shit up. We gonna kill her ass." Like right. that could happen. Right. The fact that they got uh, what's his name, Jackson Harper, whatever his name is, to fucking <laughs> go over to where were they at? Sweden. Yeah, yeah for Sweden. sure. Sweden. Fuck, fucking go to Sweden and be off somewhere in a remote do- location with this cult and just be like right. cool with it. Like that was cute in real life. Like. Nah, <laughs> like that was the whitest shit possible. I'm yeah. like, you just gonna go take shrooms with fucking strangers in the middle of nowhere White. and know that they're a fucking cult that you've studied, but you don't know that much about them. Like, yeah. no. White and wild. But but no, but the, the, the thing I would say about Jordan Peele, when you look at Get Out and then when you look at Candyman, these stories are, they are anchored in a black experience. Yeah, I wouldn't say us as much. Uh, us has a little bit more i think i think us to me crosses a little bit to where you know there's not so much of a centralized uh theme in that around way, race yeah around race but yeah you know. it's it's more it obviously us is the u.s it's more about like you know our economic system in this country but yeah. um 
I do agree with your first point. Those stories are very much grounded in the characters being black. And if they're not black, it's a different story. Yeah. And exactly. And so 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 that's why I beg the question like do we want to see you know some of do we want to see content kind of like put through that machine, the Jordan Peele machine where it has this duality of an experience where if you're black it's a little bit more it has a a little bit more of a or a little bit of a different meaning than if you're white like I I think I kind of like that. I know I love it. Yeah. That is one of the things that I like about the Twilight Zone that like very few of the episodes have a white lead. Mm-hmm. Like we got good point. Fucking Inuit people leading an episode alongside like an Asian man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and the white people are just kind of around. Like Greg Kinnear is like the side character, right? <laughs> um, you know, and then you know I I appreciate that. Um. The the only I don't want to I don't want to say we're reducing him to being like making content for black people because I don't feel like that's a reduction I feel like that's necessary and it's appreciated and it's to be celebrated, but I will say that the reason that I'm kind of like baby it maybe feels like I'm like really going at it but I'm like diet nerf light okay. challenging it is because of how much he appeals to a wider audience. So I think he right. makes movies about black people, about black experiences, mm-hmm. but I think he makes them in such a way that just wanting to know what he's going to do next appeals to a broader audience than just black folks. Like he white famous, as we say. Yeah, very um, much. He's white very famous, much. but he is making black content, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, j- just, you know, off of his, what the, the last poster that he released, I mean, for the fact that like he can release a poster that says a Jordan Peele film. A, a, a poster of a fucking kite in the middle of a like a desolate a cloud it's cl- like cloud town it, it, you know the next jordan peele horror that doesn't come out till next year like who else does that who else can and we're do that? so excited for like, it like i feel like i feel like the only other filmmaker that can even do that across all genres is like christopher nolan right now this nigga is the beyonce of of horror films <laughs> yeah that's a fact that's a he fact. is but 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 no but seriously though who what other director can market that far out can just put out a poster and can have a fanfare around it like i said christopher nolan tarantino to me can do that. tarantino tarantino can do that yeah he can tarantino, but like, it's a very elite group yeah it's a very elite group no. um but yeah so so to to that point um he's just you know he's he's one of the best He's just one of the best uh, crops to come out of American filmmaking just in, in the 21st century. You know what I'm I saying? I, yeah. Um, so I'd put him there. But um, how much do you think? OK. Do you think that this story was a brainchild of his that he that he brought Nia DaCosta into? Or did, do you feel like Nia DaCosta had this story and she bought it to him? If y'all had to bet, what would y'all say? I think it's the first one. It's the first I don't yeah, know if too. I don't know if a studio is going to Nia DeCosta and saying, "We want you to direct Candyman." I think it's more like Jordan Peele was producing it. He co-wrote it. He had an idea, but he didn't want to direct it himself. So he kind of tried to give that opportunity to her. To her. So right now, okay. So when I say when I say maybe she brings it to him, I'm kind of thinking sort of the oh, way that no. Ryan the Ryan Coogler did for Creed, right? 
Ryan Coogler only had Fruitvale Station. No studio was really coming to him for something, but he had an idea to con- to continue the Rocky franchise, and he bought it through Sylvester Stallone. And, and, okay. and got, you see what I'm saying? So so I wonder if it, like, it's possible it could have went that way as well, right? Like she, and yeah, she, black she people had... Voltron for each other like mm. hard, and like mm. you know he writes three sentences on the page. He has a writing credit, and it's like that gives credence to what she's done to make it like have some appeal that his name is attached to it in this space that we all just said has like broader audiences just wanting to see what he's going to do next. Mm -hmm. Similar to like, you know, Spike putting his name on Nate Parker's John Q remake. So right, right, right. (laughs) Um, Which I still haven't seen. I want to American skin. That's what it's called. Right. I think so. You're you're making a face. What's the face? Because I want to see it. But okay. you know how I feel, and that's that oh, on that. Okay. Gotcha. Um, okay, but yeah, it, it, I do, I just, I do find it curious that him not wanting, him not directing it, him passing it off, because I feel like this was right up his alley. But I'm glad he passed it off because I think Nia did. I, I personally think Nia did an amazing job with it. Um, but it just makes me wonder what does, what made him decide to pass it off, uh, because because we probably would have yielded a similar result had he put his foot on it completely, you know? Honestly, yes. So that kind of makes me, at first I was with you, Martin, but now I'm kind of leaning towards the latter instead of the former. Yeah. Because um, I definitely think if Nia DaCosta put out, like, Nia DaCosta's Candyman, we'd have been like, who asked for this? (laughs) So, I mean, obviously with the cast, um, I think the timing of it is even better just with, them being able to put more work under their belt and, you know, Tiana and, and Yaya being more recognizable faces, mm-hmm. um, I think is important. And even like with Coleman Domingo, like at this point we're, we're excited to see whatever he's doing. We're excited to see whatever Yaya's doing and, you know, Tiana fine. We're going to watch yeah. her regardless. We're going to watch so, her period. Man, so. yeah, yeah. Yo, Coleman Domingo, man, he is creeping up. Like every time I see him in something, he creeps up my list a lot higher and a lot higher. See, y'all still haven't seen Zola, have y'all? No, I still uh-huh. haven't seen Zola. He he kills Zola. Where bro. can I watch Zola for free? <laughs> I don't know. I went to the, I went to, did I go to the theater to watch Zola? No, I, no. Uh, I watched it at me and my wife watched it on. Um, we rented it on Amazon. So yeah, I don't. I don't know for free. I don't know where. Maybe if you wait another two three months, it'll probably come out. Um, I, I would say support it just because you know. Uh, of how it became a thing. Yeah, how it became a thing. You know. I want to know and, how and, much and, money Zola's getting off of this shit because you know. Yeah, probably. I mean, probably not much. Well, I think she's credited as a producer, so. Okay. You know, there, there may be a split in there somewhere. Um, uh, yo, can I ask y'all, man, what, how do y'all feel about Yaya as an actor? I'm, uh, I'll just leave. I'll, I'll just okay. open the conversation up. How you, about fit, you clearly have something you want to say. Yeah. I'm not a thousand percent sold on Yaya Abdul-Mateen. I think... I think he has an amazing presence. I really, yes. I feel the same way about him that I felt about. I feel kind of like about Michael B. Jordan. He has an amazing wow. presence in terms of presence. Like I don't. I'm, okay. Yeah. See, M- Michael B. Jordan, he's getting there to me, but to me, he's still not. He's still not. Um, he's starting to find his, like his his niche. You know what I'm saying? Where he really shines, and I think that's as an action star. But he had to. He went through a lot of dramatic roles to sort of get here, and those dramatic roles 
you know, they have a lot of threads that I can pull on the performance. I feel the same way about Yaya. I, I'm not, I haven't been convinced in really anything that I've seen him in. I appreciated him in this. I think this is the most range that I've seen him in. Uh, but but I have not seen um, the trial of the Chicago Six. I haven't watched that either. So I don't know how he performed as Bobby Seal, but this was the best thing that I've seen him in personally. Is is, is he Bobby Seal in that movie? I thought it was. Um, mm-hmm. I think he is. I, no, I thought it was Corey. What is his name? Uh, that played Dr. Dre and. Um, yes, he's in it too, but maybe he's not Bobby Seal. Maybe yeah, I don't think he, I, I, I'm. I'm almost positive Yaya's Bobby Seal in that. And if y'all feel like googling that, I'm, please do. I will, but, um, but I'm I'm probably wrong. But but that's where I'm at with Yaya, man. Like I, I like his presence. I think he has an immense amount of potential. He's definitely Chicago seven and not six. Six, yeah, my bad. Um, um, yeah, I don't. Coleman Domingo, he steps on screen. He kills it. Range everywhere. Every role that he's played, he's been believable. I feel like he really digs into the character. Yaya, I just feel like he needs a lot more experience. But he's getting some of the best looks that I'm that I appreciate. Right, like. You know, I, he has a very unconventional look. Um, uh, you know, I, I I like him as a, again, his presence, man, great body, great build, tall guy, you know. But the acting is just lackluster, man. I just, I don't believe it. But maybe I'm on, an, I'm on a cliff by myself here. I enjoyed him most in um, Watchmen. Mm-hmm. But he's doing like this, like deadpan thing where he doesn't have emotions. Right. So um, I enjoyed him there. As far as me saying he's like this amazing actor, like I'm not there either. I don't think I feel like you feel. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in that episode of Black Mirror that we were all like, what the fuck? He could stand next to Anthony Mackie. Yeah. But um, see, Anthony Mackie. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't say. Anthony Mackie. I ain't. Shout right. out to Anthony Mackie. I fuck with him. He right. Yeah, but we don't, but like, we don't, I don't feel like we're, we got, I, we're like scrutinizing him. Like, I don't want to watch this shit, this non-active nigga. Like, oh, yeah, I don't nah, feel like it's all. that. I just, I'm just like, oh, okay. Anthony yeah. Mackie's in it. Cool. I feel the same way about Yaya. I love Yaya. Like, yeah. he's swagged out. But, right. um, no, back to trial. It's like Chicago 7. Let me tell you how trash me and you are, Treasy. Okay. You are correct, first of all. He is Bobby, Bobby Seale. Okay. I was all the way wrong. Calvin Harrison Jr. is Fred Hampton in this fucking movie. Yeah, I what know. are we doing with I, our lives? Yeah, we have. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm <laughs> pissed that I haven't watched it because it, it had, you know. And then it's that's Aaron our guy. Sorkin. Yeah, that's our guy, a thousand percent. And um, and then it, you know, like I said, it's an Aaron, it's an Aaron Sorkin script, and he, he's. I'm not gonna say he bats a thousand with me, but he's he's pretty reliable. Um, so, so. To, to answer your question though, like, I didn't think Coleman Domingo is a giant. I don't think. I don't think he couldn't stand next to Coleman Domingo in these scenes. Right. Um, so he's satisfactory. I'm not like Okay. Satisfactory. He ain't by. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like Bo-Keen oh my Fargo. god. I'm telling you, Bokeem Fargo, yeah. bro. Stop Fargoing me every time I say I don't because like his, you because you stop Fargoing me like you're I'm not fucking up. I'm not fucking up. up. I'm not fucking up. You're fucked up. <laughs> fucked up out like I'm fucking up. amusing okay yeah. so <laughs> uh, so where do you stand with Yaya Martin I mean I, th- I think he has potential mm-hmm. um I, th- I think you got onto something with Michael B. Jordan I think neither of these guys can really act with their eyes that well because mm. Michael 
uh, he kind of has the same eye look no matter what scene he's in. Yeah. I, I think Yaya kind of has that same thing too. The same thing. Where they can't really, they can't just give you a face and not say anything for a whole scene and then you feel everything that they're feeling or whatever. Mm. Um, but I mean, I think Yaya has potential. I, I don't, I don't grade him too hard because he got into acting pretty late. I think he got into acting when he was in like college or whatever. I know he went to like Yale Trauma School though. Mm, okay. So I, I'm trying to give him time to like become a great actor. Yeah, yeah, and he, and I mean, he has plenty of time. I mean, he, I mean, yeah. what he's maybe early thirties, maybe. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, late nah, 20s, he got to be like mid thirties, maybe. I, he looks like he's like mid thirties yeah. to me. You don't really hit legendary stride to like forty and some change <laughs> yeah. anyway, so you know you definitely got time. Um, but yeah, that 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 was my overall. That was my first take on uh, on his character. You know, I like I love the arc of his character. I gotta give a. I want to give a huge shout out to whoever the makeup team was, and uh, the the makeup and the and the visual effects team because that scar that he kept picking at was disgusting. Let me tell you something. I have trypophobia really motherfucking bad. That That is, I'm going to say what it is. And if you bitches laugh, okay, I'm egging your cars. So hold on, on, let me get my laugh out. Hold on. (laughs) So you don't associate the laugh with with your shit. All right, right, go ahead. It is actually a very common fear. Okay. People just don't realize they have it until you give it a name, but it is the fear of patterns of holes. I I understand that. Yeah. So let um, me ask you a question. Have you seen the newest West Side Gun album cover? No. The and Hitler now that you're Hermes asking 8. me, I'm not looking at this shit. Well, well because like it, if it, you zoom in on an English muffin, I'm over here like, uh, so okay, <laughs> like, okay. I don't like. I won't eat Ethiopian food because injera freaks me out. Like, mm. and what happens is. And you're about to understand why this was so fucking like a piece of tripe. I don't want to look at like fucking lotus pods, like all that shit fucks with me. Interesting. Like certain kinds of coral, I don't fucking like. But tripophobia is a very common thing. What happens is I see that, and my brain transposes those holes onto my body. And so oh, I don't that's deep. Fucking, like, it's very common. You'd be surprised, right? Okay. If you if you Google yeah. it, like. All kinds of images of what I actually envision when I see that, like, mm-hmm. come up. I I totally understand because like there's this show Altered Carbon on uh, Netflix, uh-huh. and ba- basically it's about like you being able to put your consciousness in, like, into, into a shell, like, a yeah, shell or whatever. And the shell is like that with the holes, and it looks really freaky and almost like a bruise or a scar or something like that. And it always freaks me out to look at it. Whoa! And it's called tripophobia. Hmm. Whoa, I've never heard of that. That's it's, interesting. It's a thing. That's put a it thing. in Instagram. Okay. Like right now, put it in Instagram and look that shit up. Is, but, it, is it more common or less common than the white sauce phobia that I've heard people have? <laughs> I don't know, but I know <laughs> people white who don't, don't eat yeah. anything white. Yeah. I, I've heard that. And I'd be like, um, all right. That's okay. different. But, like, but I'm, okay, again, like I'm scared of. It seems like right. the same thing as being like squeamish with like blood and stuff like that. Well, see that, but it's like you're you're thinking of your it. own mortality in a sense. I get it. I, so it's funny because I was going to say, but that seems like it's pretty common. But as soon as you said it, and I thought about it, I, it's the same psychology. Yeah. I think it yeah. must be the same psychology. Yeah. So needless to say, that scene when he's in the church and the nigga got all them holes in his fucking face yeah. and shit. It looked yeah, looking starting that to look was like a honeycomb. Mo- Yes. Yeah, my skin is crawling. Um, Yeah, dog. That that, makeup team killed that. That like 
my like the me and my daughter went to see it together and like she's like really sensitive to like sounds and like jump scares so she kept mm-hmm. like putting her fingers in her ears but she was like looking mm-hmm. as soon as that came on the screen i was like Aah! and she was like i'll tell you when the, you can look again mommy oh. like, <laughs> <laughs> but whoever they are like fuck them for not giving the trigger warning for my tribophobia because right. i was just like i'm gonna die this is bad yeah, like it was, was really like bad the movie <laughs> no, it, it no, the, like the holes in his his hand was like gross. Yeah, but it's the, it's not a hole; it's a pattern of holes pattern that bothers holes. me. Okay, that's so, interesting. Okay, like oh, his skin with all them holes in it. I was yeah. like, oh yeah. my god, this yeah. is bad. But yeah, I said that to say shout out to the makeup team because like mm-hmm. nothing on like gore doesn't usually scare me. Mm-hmm. That fucked me up. That did you in? Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, that, that's that's definitely a new thing for me. I'm I'm. Thank you for putting me on to that. Um, Martin, you asked an interesting question uh, off mic, uh, just about sort of like the black trauma. Like you know, black trauma yeah. has been like a trigger point for for black Twitter here recently. I mean, I, I think it with yeah, it's been it's definitely been a trigger point with black Twitter. I, I think it's starting to affect certain like. Just certain projects. I know not a lot of people have watched Underground Railroad. I haven't watched it either because it's like, I'm sure it's like a beautiful show and I'm sure he did a great job with it, but it's like some people just don't want to watch that trauma. And there's been Black like a trauma concerted, porn. Yeah, it's been like a concerted effort as far as people um, not want, saying we don't want to see this type of stuff. Right. Basically. And I guess with this, this film, it's like they made an effort to not show that, even though it's kind yes. of contradictory because it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So even in the scenes where black people like are killed or whatever, it's like off camera. You could see it through a door or something like that, but you don't actually see these girls getting like uh, cut up or anything like that. Right. So, I mean, I, I think oh, that some black girls got cut up. No. Yeah. Uh, no, Burke. Man. Uh, Burke's sisters did. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, when he was a kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out that to was... that little boy. He played. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking Spargo. of uh, Fargo, Fargo yeah. he played. He played uh, Bokeem's. Well, it's spoiler alert. He plays Bokeem at a younger age. Bokeem's character at a younger age in Fargo. So, anyway. oh, so that confirms a theory that you had on another. Oh show. yeah, I was anyway. absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> um. I didn't even watch it, and I remember because that's how much mm-hmm. you talk about fucking Fargo. So- that's right. <laughs> that's me. <weird. laughs> um, I, you know, I actually thank you for that, Martin, because I didn't notice that. I did wonder why we don't see him. I mean, we're in spoiler territory, obviously. We don't sure. see yeah. we don't see um, the gore of Coleman Domingo when, when Tiana kills him. We don't see that. We don't mm-hmm. see Yaya getting shot by the police. We don't see any of that. In any of the violence, um, we don't see, what's his name, Sherman? We don't see that character actually being killed by police. We hear it. Mm-hmm. And in the violence that they depict against the Candyman figures, the the Candyman collective, the horde, whatever we want to call them, mm-hmm. all of that was done through shadow puppetry. We don't actually see any realistic right. depictions of it. Yeah. Um, speaking of shadow puppetry, that was th- that short that they put out maybe Genius. a year ago. Genius. And I watched it and I immediately was like, this movie wants to undo some of the problems with the first movie. Mm. Um, And I immediately was like, ooh, we're going to go there. Just her um, 
bringing up like uh what's his name james bird and like george stinney in the same vein as Candyman. i don't know if this sherman character is based on a real person also i've always heard this thing about razor blades and candy i don't know where it came from yep i remember hearing about that i never um, heard it in reference to like a a, a black mythical is it, figure though. i can't remember because mm. i've it's been a year since i watched it and i key i keyed into messaging and not so much narrative the last time i watched it mm-hmm. but i can't remember if like that was a conversation in the first one where like there's candy with the razor blades and i don't remember gotcha. but i do i do remember like that being that was a Before, thing in, in yeah. when we were used to trick-or-treat back in the day, like in mm-hmm. the 80s and the 90s. I remember they used to say, don't take anything from anybody that's not in a wrapper. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, people would give like apples and stuff like that away. They would say, you know, don't take anything like that. Yeah, don't raise, take fruit, yeah. Yeah, that was that was absolutely a, a fear um, for trick-or-treating. But I'm sorry, yeah, I, I cut you off. No, I was just saying I remember it being associated with with the original movie, but I don't remember that being necessarily a part of the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to like go back and look. Mm. Um, but I want to ask you, like, what do you, I wasn't expect, I do remember, sorry, cause I'm like, mm-hmm. meh, 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 but you good. <laughs> <laughs> in the trailer, the trailer gave away so much. Mm-hmm. If you know anything about the story, seeing the Sherman character depicted in the ceiling of the elevator, I remember looking at that and thinking that doesn't look like Tony Todd, but that does not look like Yaya either. So like, who is this person? Mm -hmm. Um, What do y'all think about them expanding Candyman to be a collective of uh, unintended villains, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, beyond Daniel Robitaille? I I I found that very interesting. Like I, I I like that because it's it's sort of um. Let me try to gather. Okay, yeah, I, I like it too. Yeah, I I like the idea of like um. Because oh, black people are gonna keep getting killed at that go. one spot, <laughs> so it's not like Daniel Robitaille's life is any more valuable than the other people that, that happens go. to. So it makes sense that. There will be other vengeful spirits that like take up the Candyman name, right? And and you know every generation has has its own story, you know. And and I think I think sometimes the I think sometimes the horrors of the story permeate a little bit deeper than the the characters sort of like the characters are transposable. You know, that's the thing, right? Like, so, you know, we went from, you know, it's like Rodney I am King. Malcolm X, but it's fucking Candyman. There you go. There you, <laughs> right. go. There you go. The, 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 the characters are transposable. The trauma's not. You know, the trauma's pretty much the same. You know, how you feel about it's it. Constant. What, yeah. yeah it's, Have it's you it's ever um, thought of, like, tried to talk about somebody who was, like, maybe murdered by police, right? Mm-hmm. And you get this story totally mixed up. Or you even Happens mix the up the first name, the last name, and... All the time, it's the exact same thing. It's like, over time, all these things just start to blend together, but the trauma is the same. The feeling is the same. Yeah, And I think think it's, you know, if we're talking modern day, you see it very clearly with Eric Garner and then George Floyd. You know, the I can't breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's certain things that just, that, that permeate through each one of their stories that are very consistent but the characters are transposable and that's what i felt like that that sort of represented there and and that i that really that really made me like the story even more actually you know because it's start now it's starting to really like it's starting to really talk about a place in in culture that like hasn't really been explored yet you, you know on screen in my opinion 
you know, uh, to putting it in this fictional sense. You know, when we talk about these things, it's a lot heavier. They're through biopics or, you know, documentaries, you know, but to put it in a fictional in a fictional character and and take, you know, take these elements of our culture uh, that we haven't really talked about, <laughs> you know, we, we haven't really discussed this amongst the, uh, you know, amongst the rest of the world, man. I, I thought it was genius personally. I mean, I, th- I think it's very interesting that like this story, the world turned upside down. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this is a pre pandemic movie. It's set in 2019, which is when they filmed it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's pre George Floyd. And then we, George Floyd is like George Floyd is Candyman. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, Trayvon Martin is Candyman. Uh, Eric Garner is Candyman. Like over over the dumbest fucking things, right? Yeah. Um, Walter Scott is Candyman. It, it's it's just interesting to me how relevant this remains, even with such a delay in its release. Yeah, it's kind of sad, really. It's it is extremely sad, really. sad yeah. but it's it's very powerful. Yeah. More than it is sad. Um, I also thought like it was I I like the idea of Candyman being a collective of cyclical trauma mm-hmm. in a marginalized community. Mm. Um and that, you know, like you said, um, Martin, that like Daniel Robitaille is just the first of many black men to have this candyman experience where they become unintended villains and monsters when they are actually victims. Mm-hmm. Um, but just for fan service purposes, I wanted more Tony Todd. You wanted more Tony Todd? Gotcha. You think maybe it was a is a contractual thing? You know, since they couldn't get Tony Todd, they were like, you know what? We kind of maybe we shouldn't. Play I don't it, think they know. they he never said that. He said he want he wanted to be a part of it as soon as he got the call. Oh, okay. So I don't think I just don't think that they were wanting to tell the story of Daniel Robitaille necessarily again. Got it. Um, they wanted to tell a different story to undo some problems, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, just as a a fan of horror and just you know cult movie classics like this, mm-hmm. it was a little bit frustrating to know that he was going to be in the movie, and then to get so little of him. Yeah, so I was it. just very confused. I did like how the story of Helen Lau was incorporated into um, in there as another one where like, as I'm listening to them tell the story of Helen Lau, I'm like, no, that's not what happened. That's wrong. That's not what happened. But like, that's what people believe. Mm. Um, And And, and, and just to make it clear, she's that's Virginia Madsen's character, correct? Correct. Okay. All right. Um, from the first movie. Got it. That's what people believed. So um, it's about like the idea that the folklore can be turned on its head from, I don't, I don't want to call her an ally cause she wouldn't, she was a culture vulture. Right. Mm-hmm. But like that, the thing that lives is the legend and not necessarily the truth. Mm. Mm. And, and, and maybe that, that, that kind of, that's not just the thing that happens in, black culture that's just folklore culture right i think that it happens more to us um it was definitely a story she was trying to expose um and you know she didn't have the opportunity to but again i don't she was stealing a black story i don't really feel 
do you I mean, it's feel a, like in a, a fictional character like an actual white woman <laughs> in real life who dies that way like yes i feel bad for her but like this character in this story i'm like right do you feel like anthony is a culture vulture i mean i think that's mm. the question that the movie tries to answer mm. how can you be a culture vulture of your own culture of your own culture that's interesting because he did he didn't i guess he didn't know um that he wasn't appropriating this culture mm-hmm. but he definitely um well there was a, definitely was he, born into that situation right he had a connection to it he didn't know that though yeah, um he, yeah. so so if you look at and and i think to like him painting this right to try to use like this violence against black bodies for his own gain is is you know nia and jordan saying something about artistry and i think that that is like they're making a conscious choice that he's doing that and it is causing him so much harm Mm -hmm. that he is profiting off of the pain and suffering and killing of these people that he's never known in in their stories Mm -hmm. um he's seek he's seeking to gain notoriety in the same way that helen was but it is physically causing him pain he's inflicting on himself as a black person Mm. um i just Mm. i think that that's a question that they are like holding up a mirror to themselves to kind of explain like this is why we're not going to show you this Mm -hmm. because then we become part of the problem does that Mm. make sense yeah no it does it does very self-aware of both of them to, to to make that decision Actually, that's like a decision you make after you smoke a lot of weed, actually. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be like, yo, I can't. uh, We can't do that. We can't Um, do that. But that 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 that, you just leveled up the film for me in its in its self-awareness and in its in its uh, in its intellectual value. It's like Malcolm and Marie, the opposite of what Sam Levison is doing when he's like having um john david washington parrot all these things about artistry and who should tell what stories like they're doing the opposite of that whoa and i think it's really i thought it was really cool whoa go back and listen to our malcolm and marie conversation episode (laughs) that was a good one too shameless plug man no you're you're saying you're saying a lot of you're saying a lot right now you're saying a lot I, i i hadn't really thought about it from that perspective i mean obviously that was that was part of the subtext but i didn't dig into it as 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 much as you you know um you know i do that but yeah yeah <laughs> you know you know you know what's interesting too like sitting there like again i took my daughter and you know he says tell everyone and mariah's like oh, that's so good it's so good and i'm like well what's the movie about and she literally cannot like right. she literally cannot like spit out her thoughts she was like oh because yeah and mm, yeah like <laughs> right the, the movie did and a then, lot it did a lot and she just I could I could see her thoughts like scrolling across her forehead but mm-hmm. she wouldn't say anything and right. then I was like okay and I was like so all these things that you're feeling do you get the significance of say my name and she was like <gasps> <laughs> right she was like cuz say your name cuz right. police brutality oh my god mommy this movie like Taylor, yeah. yeah yeah so I thought I thought that was clever because that didn't immediately click to me literally until he says, tell everyone. Right. And then I was like, oh, my God, say my name. Like, because what happened was people forgot about Candyman. People forgot about the trauma that people specifically in places mm-hmm. like Chicago and disenfranchised areas 
where black people are being displaced out of their own marginalization, right? You're already mm-hmm. marginalized and then you're getting displaced on top of that. You're further marginalized, even right. in a community that's forgotten about and disenfranchised. They forget about Candyman. Like right. it's, they just like the monster exists, right? And like, even when you hear Chicago is like the boogeyman for anyone who wants to talk about the ways in which like black people need to be policed. You're right. Very much. Yeah. People who've never been to Chicago, people who live in very suburban white areas yeah. will be like, well, what about Chicago? Yeah, and I'm got like, a lot of opinions on it. They have a lot of opinions about an experience that they're not having themselves mm-hmm. and they don't want to talk about how they got there. So Chicago itself becomes the monster when these communities are the victims. Like, it is mm. the movie says a whole lot. Um mm. and I think that maybe the original couldn't say that because violence in Chicago as like a focus of popular culture and news wasn't necessarily there. What movie what year did that movie come out? Like nineteen ninety? What, the original? Yeah. Movie? I think Cabrini like Green was always like notorious for like the violence that happened there though. Absolutely. Well, well, yeah, I think I, mean, I the, think so too, but I think like the significance of how much Chicago is mentioned mm-hmm. in as like a talking point for people who want to say that black people get what they deserve. Like that's like yeah. textbook, I'm gonna throw Chicago in your face to be like, well, what about Chicago? What about yeah. the gang violence in Chicago? I'm like, yeah, you it's don't, a little like, joker for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um so just to, just, joker. <laughs> yeah, just to double back to uh the the whole you know uh tell everyone and say her name so nobody nobody liked it when michael b jordan did it and without remorse everybody had a problem with it candy man do it, it's, it. It's, it's all good i didn't have a problem with that movie <laughs> yeah, at all no. other than how poorly it was lit <laughs> you thought it was lit poorly we talked about this yeah, and how did. Jody Turner Smith looked like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah the burnt yeah. up man in Beetlejuice yeah yeah and she's right. actually a beautiful woman so she like is, yeah. yeah okay um yeah I, man I did they so do y'all know did they rev like how did they handle the Cabrini Green actually the location like was that a set or did they go into Cabrini Green that like in like with the with the flashback scenes, you know, the, the building from good times was in there yeah. and that like, you know, cause I mean, that is Cabrini. Yeah. Green, right. That's right. That's, they, that's where they yeah. lived. <laughs> but like, but like, how did they recreate that? Are you guys up on that? How they did that? Because, I don't of, know. because does it even, does Cabrini green even still exist? No, I know somebody from Chicago. He told me that they were tore down a while ago. That's so. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, how did they, how did they do this? Was this a lot? Did they rebuild? Were the, like, were the last of the low rises still there in 2019? I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, that's that, that'd be something to research because I got to give props not only to their makeup team, but their 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 locations team, their production design team, like like every like everything about this film was on point from cinematography, uh, everything, man, everything was very sewn up, tre- treated very well. I'd be curious to know. Uh, I really wonder what their budget was for this, man, because whatever. It, first of all, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. You know what? It, it wasn't like a hundred million dollar budget. It was probably so, maybe fifty. What I just said is correct. It, okay. So that's what IMDb is saying. It's saying production was brought back to Cabrini Green neighborhood where Candyman in 1992. That answers that question. Mm-hmm. Was filmed. 
Though the high-rise buildings have long been demolished as the row houses still exist. So those low-rises uh, are still there. Okay, okay. So I wonder how they handled the the the, the high-risers. You know, was, were those recreated? Was that CGI? Was that, were the models? You know, um, yeah, I, I got questions, man, because they- I they, mean, I have to watch it again. Thanks for that. They did a really <laughs> good job of making it all seamless. Um, well, I'm, so I'm also curious- Here's a thought. Okay. In the original movie, Virginia uh, Madsen lives in a building that looks exactly like Cabrini. There's a series of high rises, but they're on the other side of the red line. Mm. If those buildings are still there, they mm. never were a slum. I wonder if they're filmed. They filmed that. That's, that's a that's a very big possibility. That's a very you think big about it. Like the external shots in. Uh, the opening sequence set in was that nineteen seventy seven? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, it's not dilapidated on the outside at all. Dilapidated. Right. Excuse dilapidated, me. On the yeah. on the outside you're at you're all. The trees just now. No, I corrected myself. You just say this. <laughs> I just be times. I just be wilding. Pigeon held. Yeah, um, so. I still use that. That's the crazy part. I still use that. <laughs> um, um. Yeah, but, that's a, that's a good question. Maybe that's probably that's probably exactly what they did. That that. Oh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Yeah, it's, that's that's a good one. What what did so? How did y'all? Okay, so Brianna's, which you know I found that funny too because this happened. Obviously, this movie was made and written before Brianna Taylor. So for for Tiana's name to be Brianna in this, I found that very interesting as well. Very. Um. um how did y'all like the, the like how they handled the relationship her with her brother and 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 his was it his husband or was it his boyfriend? His boyfriend. Okay, they yeah. yeah they weren't married. How how do you feel like they handled that? I because I, I love the character Troy, but was that was there something there to talk about in reference to that? Seeing a I biracial, I, interracial. Um, excuse me, interracial. Correct. <laughs> yeah, interracial. People are biracial. Relationships yeah. are interracial. My um, bad. I, I, I didn't think anything of it. I think that Troy is our cousin, or our brother, or Troy our good friend. Troy was hilarious when they came oh, back. When they came back, and they was like, "We here. We we just picking up some stuff." That was kind of like I'm gonna um, cut you or whatever. What do you well, say? I don't know, but like I don't remember. Week. But what was what's funny about that is like gay men stereotypically are weak. I don't know a gay man who can't fight. Oh, I was about saying. to say, yeah, I don't know how I want. <laughs> no, no, I said guy. stereotypically, like that is the portrayal is that they're weak. Oh shit, yeah, they. About but they, I don't they, in they real life. They about that smoke. I shouldn't say that. I don't know a gay black man who can't fight. Like man. I can't speak for no other culture, but like they will fight you, yeah. and so I believe Troy was like. Don't fuck with my sister. I'm gonna fuck you up, Anthony. But yeah, I mean, I I just I think that it is. I I think that he is. We know Troy. Like Troy mm-hmm. is someone we know and love. And I mm-hmm. think like having having Troy be a part of her family is very much reflective of people that we have in our own lives. So I don't mm-hmm. know that there's a whole lot to talk about there. It didn't seem contrived to me. No, not she at had all. a gay brother. It wasn't an issue. Like nobody even like batted an eye. Well, that that was the part that was new to me, because I, I feel like I feel like I feel like th- seeing that on screen in that context, like around family, 
it's usually sort of like a contention point. Like, first of all, you're talking about a, 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 oh, a, I see. a, a multiracial you know what I'm saying? What, 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 what's the word? Interracial. 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 Not a new word. <laughs> it's not, not but word. I'm just, I'm getting you old. Want, man. You want to be fancy over there. It, 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 interracial uh, homosexual couple. How do which I say Which is common. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, which is common. Right. But like, usually we see it with side effects. In the black we, setting. In the, in the, correct. And so maybe that is a way to like send messaging about. So one of the reasons I dislike Andrew Schultz is him wanting to con- like that conversation that he and Charlemagne had about black people being more homophobic. Mm-hmm. When I've heard black gay people tell me that they experience more racism in the gay community than they do homophobia in the black community. So the idea Ooh. that we are somehow more homophobic is I guess seated in this idea that we are homophobic because we are religious i guess Mm -hmm. i don't know but maybe they're trying to subvert a stereotype there that like black people are more homophobic black people definitely can be homophobic but Mm -hmm. there are black people who are homophobic but i don't think we're more homophobic so maybe because we i mean like we have gay people in our families all of us so like yeah and and for the most part i mean some people still get on disowned i don't want to like deny that that is still a thing or historically mm-hmm. is a thing but i think that in people's extended families they still continue to have, find love and acceptance right i know that that's at least the case in my family yeah um, so i think i think it's good i think it. it's good to subvert a stereotype about like gay families and i mean gay families black families but, and their relationships to you know gay people and their in their family yeah I, I mean now now taking in consideration that their father seemed to com- he committed suicide and then their mother i guess she had just passed away how how, how their mother pass? i didn't i don't remember them talking did, did about they even mom. talk about it so so you know i i, I felt like maybe that kind of plays a part in it too where it's like you know they're on the All same level gener- there you go so like generationally um you know sort of speaks to that but i i i, I found that interesting because it 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 wasn't a it wasn't a conversation at all. And I was like, oh, that's that's dope. It wasn't a conversation. And usually when we see that, it turns into a conversation on screen. So that um, is the that is the exact. I think we've talked about this before. I feel like in an effort to normalize homosexuality or the queer community or whatever, we over sexualize them. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is the type of normalization that I want to see. I want to see gay people just being fucking normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciated it. Yeah. And we saw uh, uh, our guy from Hacks pop back up, right? Uh, oh. Which McCullough's assistant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he popped, he was in the- yeah, uh, He was in the dinner scene. Yeah. In the, was it? No, it was, he was at, not the dinner scene. Oh, he the, was, uh, oh, was he in the- um, The art gallery. Art gallery, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the one that he snapped on, right? The dude yeah. that-, that, that uh, that uh Anthony snapped guy? on. Yeah. He's from Hacks. He plays um um what's the main lady's name, bro? I can't remember yeah, anything to her name. What her, her name in the show, man. You what's her name in real life stuff. though? I know. What's her name in real life? I don't know her name in real life. The chick from Design and Women. That yeah. was also yeah. in Mayor of like Town. Like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Gene Smart. Gene Smart. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. He, uh um he played Gene Smart's assistant Gene Smart's character's assistant. That kind of like I ran probably out. saw him and forgot him immediately because I didn't finish yeah. the show. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man. Uh, 
What else uh, about these characters? So Vanessa Williams pops back up. She makes makes an Easter egg appearance from. So you know, she was in the original. I am curious. Me and shout out to E, my best friend. So like, what did you think about that reveal? Because I didn't think it was much of a reveal. If you like Candyman, they gave away in the trailer that yeah. she was in the movie. Yeah, and so I, you I immediately from the, know from the from beginning. The beginning. Yeah. I, I didn't I just recognize thought it was, her. No, that's not what you didn't. Nah, when I first saw the trailer, I didn't know who she was. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm. But I, I hadn't seen Candyman in a long time, though. Oh. I I was telling my friend, I think that that would have been a better reveal if they called him like Tony or Tone or called him by his middle name. Like, well, if they didn't show her, if she didn't have the best part in the trailer, it would have been a better reveal. <laughs> she had the best line like it she had the best line in the trailer so that's that to me is why it wasn't it wasn't much of a reveal because i saw and i was like oh that she's from the original candy man you know what i mean well but, it wasn't even that like i just the baby's name is anthony they called right. him anthony in the trailer and i was like oh he's the baby you're right from the original right <laughs> like it was it was nothing to i don't know he's supposed to be what 20 what 27 years old that's that's a fucking stretch yeah yeah doesn't look 27 but <laughs> um, i don't know how old he is but he don't look 27 he don't look 27 he's kind of kind of like uh what's what's my guy that said got old face uh, oh uh yeah who, damn it who was it? i know we can't remember names jonathan majors yeah jonathan oh, majors jonathan got Majors. old face for sure <laughs> shout out to jonathan majors um, um you you saw candy man recently i forgot why did Candyman would have steal the baby in the first place. He never really explained why he wanted the baby. He just took the fucking baby. I okay. I always thought he took the baby to fuck with Helen, <laughs> like to make her have to have a traumatic experience and have to experience like being with the police and going through all that. I always thought he took the baby to like put her into a situation that just was oh, okay. unfortunate, even though like she didn't necessarily deserve it, which is which is what happened to him. Mm. Oh, okay. I always, I always thought that that's why he took the baby. Like, I did find something weird. Okay. And me and E talked about this earlier, and I didn't get it. So when Tiana, Brianna, Tiana, mm-hmm. Brianna wakes up, what's the guy's name? James William. What's his name? Coleman Domingo. Oh, Burke, uh, William. Burke. William Burke. Yeah. William. So when she, when William. <laughs> After she says nope and doesn't do like the the stupid blonde girl, like I'm gonna go down the dark stairs. That was hilarious. Right, that was hilarious. She was like, nope, we're not gonna make those kind of decisions. But after he like you know puts the chloroform on her and knocks her out, and she like comes to in this church, mm-hmm. and Yaya's sitting there like he's in a trance. Mm-hmm. How are we explaining his behavior in that moment? He he finds out that he is baby Anthony, and how does he? Why is he just like I'm? Yeah, cut my hand off. Like whatever, do do what you're gonna do. Like why is he in a trance right there? Like I think what the is affection going on is there? like taking over his body and his mind, right? Mm-hmm. To some extent, I can see that. Yeah, um, the, the infection. Yeah. The only thing that I could think of is that he just knew that like this type of trauma in our community is inevitable, so he just allowed it to overtake him. Um, That's a good read. And and maybe it's like his penance for 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 
for stealing these stories. Um, mm. the, I don't know. I mean, he's part of the story, so I have a hard time saying he stole it, but like he did. It's a depiction of like these depictions of uh, violence against black bodies. Mm-hmm. His his body became violent towards itself. Like so. I mean, it, I buy I buy both of those explanations, but mm. it from a symbolic standpoint, sure. But in the narrative, I'm like. So you just gonna let this nigga cut your hand off? Well, that, well that's that's where I lean <laughs> yeah. into Martin's the 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 infection. You know, first of all, you know, I, I would imagine it's somewhat kin, uh, akin to like gangrene, right? Where it's like there's no nerve endings or whatever. Like it's just completely dead at that point. So it's killing me anyway. Like, yeah, it's killing it me anyway. Yeah, it's, it's like affliction when Nick Nolte pulled out his tooth. You know, I, know I didn't understand ever... too why. Like, I'm like, nigga, you ain't gonna go to the doctor. Like beyond like. You don't think it's weird that your hand looked like this, my guy? Like, what's yeah, good? He was consumed, man. He was consumed with what he unraveled, I, I, I suppose. Some well, of that artwork we also he was see, doing. Like, like, black people have trouble, like, trusting doctors, too. Oh, there you go. The so oh, my God. So, so now we're now we're back in get-out territory <laughs> where we're like, more every little sometimes. thing you do, Jordan, every little thing. Yeah. It, it's a whole con- con- conspiratorial universe. Um, some of that artwork he was doing was super fire. I'm sorry, man. Like, I want to know the artist that did that for the film. Um, 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 yeah, everything was so on point in this, man. The the production design was just a plus, man. Well, do you feel like William was right or wrong in what he was trying to do? I don't, I don't, I don't know what he was trying to Who? do. William, William uh, Coleman Domingo's character. I don't really understand his motivation yeah, either, other than I to like avenge his sister. I I think his point was like, vi- the violence while it is terrible, it is like a deterrent to gentrification and a deterrent to this this outside violence that's coming in. Mm. I think that was like his point, but I don't know how he was gonna get the projects back or Green Green back and mm-hmm. fill it with black people. But uh, I guess it's just like if enough people get killed, they'll move away and I'll have my community back. Yeah, he can buy it with the laundromat money. Because the <laughs> yeah. value go down. I guess I, I don't know. That's that's a, that's a great question. Buy it I like with your the read laundromat on it. money. Yeah. I like uh, your le- your read on it too because yeah. I I don't think that I don't think that he had enough of an exposition dump there for us yeah. to really understand his motivations. Right. I think, but I don't think that the movie was trying to be smarter than us because I told you how I hate that. So I think. I think that if you like, you know, are watching it to be keyed into it, like you get that. But I don't know that Candyman's original audience even is viewing the original Candyman through the lens of social commentary. Right. So I don't know that people who are rejoining this universe are doing that at this point either. Well, so well, I, then- I, 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 I struggle with like how much of it needs to be on the nose for people to get it. Cause if people don't get it, then like, what's the point? Yeah. And my thing is like those places get eventually all places get like gentrified anyway. Like the hardest hood, the most messed up violent place. It's like eventually it comes for everybody. So mm-hmm. there's no stopping it really. That's the truth. Well, we can't, we can't just gloss over the fact that he had dealt with a lot of trauma in his childhood you yeah. know, between a man coming out the wall with a hook in his hand throwing candy <laughs> yeah. to, to, to you know, his sisters being slain in the bathroom pretty much right in front of him. You know, yeah. I, we can't discount maybe what that did to him mentally, you know. Um, you know, so maybe that was the subtext for that, man. The, you know, the trauma that we deal with as kids. 
you know, unchecked and, un, you know, un, unattended to kind of, uh, you know. Right. I think you saw Candyman as a necessary evil for sure mm. for, in the community. Mm. He, was, he was definitely like the number one fan club guy of Candyman. <laughs> He he, that, he yeah. damn sure was, he damn sure was sort sort of akin to the fan club of uh, Selena, you know. <laughs> that was bad. That was bad. You didn't say it with face. the S. Yeah. You supposed to say Salinas. Salinas, yeah, yeah, and and how the leader of her fan club did. Um, yeah, I I don't really have anything much else to. You guys have any other points you want to bring out about Candyman? How did you guys feel um, about the film overall? Overall, I, I I really like certain parts of it, but I didn't really love the movie. Okay, I I just wanted more of a horror movie than this. But I do like a lot of um like the thing about how the main conceit of the movie is that there are multiple Candyman and the themes behind that. I thought that was brilliant, and that's probably worth watching the movie just for that. Right. To me. How about you, Lizzie? Uh, I think I enjoyed it more than Martin. I was very scared that I wouldn't because right after you watched, you were like, man, fuck Candyman. But um, (laughs) I hate when you do that. I would rather hear you say fuck Candyman in like real time on the show. But (laughs) because then I'm in the theater like waiting for it to suck instead of just enjoying it. So thanks for that, friend. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I I, I already knew this movie was going to have a lot to say. I did appreciate what it had to say, even the things that I'm sitting here and unpacking that I didn't necessarily take away in the moment. Mm-hmm. Very important. So um, if you're listening to this and this spoiled it for you, I'm sorry. But like there was there's so much to learn from this film that I'm so glad that it exists. Yeah, I'm so, I, I don't I think we're past. I mean, we're more than 100 episodes in. It feels like. You know, I, I think we're past apologies. It's a, the the whole spoiler tag is on the on the intro of the podcast. So if you missed that, I'm um, just and yeah. I'm I'm not saying that in terms of like apologizing for spoiling it. I'm just sad that you're not getting to have that experience of like unraveling it. Oh, got as it, you're got watching it. it. Well, I I, I think you I, fucked up. That's what I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think conversation like this though, I think it adds a little bit more replay value to it though because. Oh, I, I want to watch it again myself now. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. Um, yeah, it it was. Uh, I'm I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you what part really really freaked me out, and I was, I was trying to, I kind of I, I was trying to really understand the the entirety of the situation. Remember when he was in the the journalist's house or apartment, and and like that whole scene, like. It was confusing me a little bit about what was, what was. I mean, I guess that's that. That was kind of like the transform, part of the transformation happening. I don't know. It was it was confusing me pretty heavily what was happening in there, because why it was he like, was seeing himself in the mirror. Yeah, but like, I think maybe it was meant to be like a premonition of like what his future would be that he would be killed by police, and that his story would also morph into one where he became the monster. Mm. Um, so I think that's what it is. It's just kind of like foreshadowing mm. for for us as the audience and for him as a, as the character mm. um, experiencing it. That conversation that they had was frustrating to me. Mm. Although, you know, when we talk about like 
Nia and Jordan being very keenly aware of the way that they depict violence against black bodies in this movie, a white woman telling a black man how to tell stories about black pain mm. was unfucking nerving because mm. she's not acknowledging that he is part of this community and could very well have this experience himself and, mm-hmm. and, and does end up having this experience, has been part of this un- unbeknownst to him. It's frustrating. She was talking at him about something that is from his own culture and critiquing how he needed to interact with it. And I want to punch her in the face. Well, just going back to Martin, uh, to uh, Malcolm and Marie, wasn't that, that was his same, that was his same problem, right? Like, and maybe that's the, that's the context of that is like. But he wasn't part of the community that the, so the director I mean, listen to our Malcolm and Marie yeah. episode. The director was using John David Washington to parrot that. He's not a black person, which makes it like particularly problematic. The people behind this project are black people. The people telling this story and fixing the problems in the story are black people. Um, Yaya is very, as a character, Anthony, right, mm-hmm. is very much a part of this story himself already. It, he just doesn't know it. And the critic is treating him the same way that she would treat someone outside of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think what she was saying too was was also to kind of reiterate Nia and um, Jordan holding up the mirror to themselves to tell right. the story and what it what it means and how they're how they're participating. Yeah, a lot of messaging, man. A lot of messaging and Candyman. Uh, a lot of medicine in the candy, no pun intended. Where do you guys see the like a this this? I guess it's um successful by like pandemic standards. I don't know if it's made its money back yet, but where do you see it going if there's like a sequel? I don't know that I want mm. one. I I wouldn't be mad at an attempt at one. You know, to op- to open more conversation up, but what conversation? I don't know. Yeah. So what um, other what other candy mans? Because we obviously aren't going to go back to Sherman, and I don't think we're going to go back to Daniel. Mm-hmm. So what other candy man are we going to learn about? Um, I mean, and is that and, and at that point does it become like black trauma porn? Like, do we need to go back there? That's why I'm just kind of like, I like the idea of what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, from like a broader social commentary, mm-hmm. but I don't know that they won't be contributing to the problem that they are trying to subvert if they continue to tell this story. They have to really get creative, which I trust them to be able to do. Yeah, for it's sure. Just, it's just a concern. Like, you know what I mean? Of course. Of course. I think it's a valid concern, but I, I, I think, um, I think they've shown themselves, especially Jordan Peele has shown himself as somebody who probably wouldn't attack it if he didn't have an angle worth sharing. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I can't say that I do want a, a sequel, but I wouldn't be mad at one. You know, I, I wouldn't be mad at extending the conversation. Would you, I'm, I'm not looking for it though. But. Would you hate if they did it like, what is it? Rob Zombie's Halloween. How it's like about Michael Myers when he's like a kid or whatever. You get to see how he becomes a psychopath or whatever. If they did it about Daniel and you got to see like his, his life up until the point where he becomes Candyman. You you see that though in the oh. sequel, they show you all oh, the imagery do? of like him being lynched, and mm. um, you see it. You see like him loving on the white girl and them coming to get him, and you see it all. 
Oh, so, uh, so, so basically like Emmett Till sort of, I mean, not even though that wasn't yeah. the, that wasn't the story of Emmett Till, but you know, we're, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe if they hit on something like that or that nature. Yeah, but they already know. done it, then they're probably not going to do it again. Well, they didn't, yeah. they don't, they don't show you like his upbringing or anything like that. But the story that you hear about what happened to him, they actually show it to you on screen in the second mm-hmm. one. And Clive mm-hmm. Barker made all of these except for this one, so. Got it. He need his ass beat for the other two. This is the fourth one, not the fifth one, but he need his ass beat for the mother two. For the mother Farewell two. to the flesh and, and Day of the Dead. Like, he needs his it. ass beat. Got it. Well, uh. Uh, I, I learned about tripophobia, and to me, that was that was that was enough for this for this conversation for me to walk away with. Uh, I hope that my phone knowledge. ain't listening to this shit and gonna show me a bunch of stuff I don't want to see when I get off of this. I'm gonna fight the air. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I, I do want you to look at if you can look at West Side Guns cover no. of his newest album, and just tell nah. me if that falls in the category of it. You um, can just do a quick glance and just tell me if that falls in a category of tripophobia. All right, I'm not. I'm not telling you what you do. What you, what you, what you think? What you, I think gonna... that you should look up the hashtag, uh huh, and then decide for yourself. Okay, I, I, that's fair. If I... you want to put it in the KMC story with the poll, I think that's a better use of that. And if I happen upon the shit by accident, sure. But I ain't going out and looking You're for ways to fucking to traumatize it. myself. Got if it. you understood how I feel when I see that type of shit, <laughs> like, right. got it. Meh. Okay. Okay. Say less, as they say. Um, yeah, man, great episode, guys. Uh, definitely was heavy as expected. Act three. <laughs> I mean, not. I keep saying Act three, man. Uh, the Black Real KMC. Um, you know, if you got Instagram, Facebook, you know what it is. It's kind of movie critics on both. On Twitter, it's kinda k i n d a movie crits c r i t s. On Twitter, uh, hit us up, add us. Uh, look out for that poll because I'm absolutely going to do that uh, West Side Gun poll just to see if that is considered tripophobia. And uh, remember, we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are. We're kind of not. Just a bunch of people that like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.